ruthless aggression. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another bonus episode with your boys from the Art Era podcast. I'm Dave and joining me is Mike. And today we are jumping in that ruthless time machine once again. And we are stepping back in time to practically the start of our journey. As we jump over, we go down under. As we are taking a look at WWE's Global Warning pay-per-view of 2002. As always, I'm Dave and I said joining me is Michael. Good afternoon, sir. Good day, mate. Good day, mate. You're looking forward to uh, a bit of Australia? Do I do the shit from the barbie? <laughs> the shit from the barbie. Let's get it all out of you now, come on, get out of the system. Neighbours, home and away, Tim Cale, come on, get it all out of your system. Neighbours, home and away, Tim Cale. What more is there need to know from, uh, uh, from, uh, from Neighbours, is it? Holly Valance? Yeah. I can't remember, I used to watch it years ago. I, think I, remember, that, I remember that guy who had one leg, Paul Summerhill there, had one leg, he lost his leg in the car crash or something and like that. There's a guy who had that one hit song, Jason Donovan. Jason Donovan, loads still come out of them sorts and sang. You had Jason Donovan, you had Stephen Dennis, he were at Sang. He was in Neighbours. Yeah. Um, ah, what were his name? It was Summer, Dennis or something. And Paul Summer, he had lost a leg. If any Neighbours fans out there, let me know I can't think. Um, yeah, and obviously Kylie Minogue, she'd come out and be uh, Oliver Lance Lord. Oh. Danny Minogue, she were in one of them. I think she went home and away. It was just, yeah, if you were Australia in the soap in the 90s, there was every chance you were getting a top 10 record in the UK. So then, global warming, we're in 2002, it's the 10th of August. SummerSlam is a mere two weeks away. If that. If that. Uh, this is the signature day of WBF's Global Warning Tour of Australia. Uh, they did more than this show, uh, but this is the big one. Held in front of 56,000 people. Um, it's a couple of months after the brand split, so this is a SmackDown show. However, the, a lot of wrestlers featured on the match um, just kind of just jumped to Raw. It's it, it's basically one of them, what I think they'd class in modern day as a super show. Yeah. Um, the main event so tonight we've got is a triple threat between the champion The Rock, the challenger from Raw Triple H, and the challenger from SmackDown Brock Lesnar. Um, so this is like it's a couple of weeks before Brock fucking smashes Rock's tech title. So very interesting to see how strong this. I know it's granted. I do believe show. as well this is like the first time Brock and Triple H are appearing in a match. Yes, and also correct me if I'm wrong. I believe this is the last time that. The Rock and Triple H have been in a wrestling ring at the same time in, yeah. in the wrestling gear wrestling, which is, is it's quite a milestone passing of the torch yeah. to an extent. If you want to look at this, is Brock and I don't want to really say Brock, Triple H to Brock is passing of the torch, but it's as one goes another arrives. So yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to get at, but I know it makes sense in my head. Um, so it's worth noting, as I said, this is basically a glorified house show. It's a house show tour. This is the last day of the, of the tour. It's a taped house show. It's a taped house like show. Like Roblox was. Yeah. <laughs> but it's in a 56,000 arena, people arena. Like, people, it, it's always one of them things where wrestlers seem to kind of knock it down a touch, a touch when it's a house show, but turn it up a notch when it's a fucking a stadium show. So it'll be very interesting to see the levels of effort we, we get from everyone. Mainly Taz. <laughs> I don't know how much Taz had drunk before the show. Someone's been on the beers again. <laughs> well, the fact that he said he was staying at the Kangaroo Hotel, which is in Perth, which is over three thousand, three and a half thousand miles away from Melbourne. <laughs> what hotel are you at? Same where you are. We're no, at the Grand Casino. I'm at the K 
What's that tell you, Taz? Nobody wanted you around. <laughs> yeah, they, they said, Taz, we've put you in this five star hotel, mate. We'll get you a taxi to come pick you up. No danger. It's fucking 17 weeks away. Uh, now, did you know back in December of last year, there was rumours circulating on the dirt sheets that WWE are looking to do uh, Global Warning 2, maybe, in 2018 Ooh. at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, which can hold 100,000 people. Now, does WWE in 2018 have the... Granted, it's one of them where, like, we've, we speak about many a times, where, like, if they could come to Wembley Stadium and just as a house show, but because we don't get it over here... It's sell out. Um, it's sell out. Would that... Uh, could you imagine that being the same concept in a lot of countries? Do you think Australia have got... Yeah. ...how much of a fan base that just 100,000 sell out, even if it just was a house show? Or would they have to promote it because of the product at the minute? Would they have to promote it as a pay-per-view? To I reckon it could. Gain a more interest. Well, when NXT tour, they sold out pretty quick. Yeah. When two or five live tour, they didn't, and they've had to cancel all their upcoming tours or something. Or... I'm sorry though. Let's be fair. Who wants to see Drew, Drew Gulag versus Mustafa Ali for like 20 minutes in an house show? For the thousandth right. time. Yeah. Um, now there were a couple of dark matches before the um, DVD recording went live. Uh, Mark Henry teamed with Randy Orton. Why? To go against uh, Reverend Devon and Batista. So again, we've got Batista and Orton in these um, in these dark matches. We've seen it quite a lot. There's been a lot of heat. And oh, it's Batista's team with Devon. Batista's anyway. team with uh, team with Devon on SmackDown. Where's fucking Mark Henry fit into all this? Should replace Henry with Holly. Well, speaking of Holly, there was also another dark match tag team uh, tag team match with the team of Billy and Chuck against Hardcore Holly and. Crash Holly, maybe some may think. I know it's been that a couple of sense. years, but it would make sense. But what wouldn't make sense is a team with Charlo Guerrero. <laughs> now, could you imagine? Where's Eddie? Could you imagine in an alternate universe uh, if we would have had Mark Henry and ho Hardcore Holly against Randy Orton and Charlo, and the actual tag teams of, of Reverend Even and Batista went against Billy and Chuck? That could even be more fucked up. That would make more sense. Ish, kind of. At least you would have had two... Actual tag teams. But what's Mark Henry at the minute? Like, we've not seen Mark Henry much. Very little. I don't even think we've seen him at all. I don't even remember seeing him. I, don't I think remember him leaving him. after being with Sexual Chocolate, and then he left for a bit. And then I don't remember him at all until he come back as... Hall of Fame. No, I know, Gorilla I remember him on ECW. Yeah. No, actually, what I think happens... If I believe I'm, I'm probably wrong. I think he joins Thuggin and Buggin with Teddy Long and Raw. I think how that, that's how he's reintroduced. I think he may be coming soon in my timeline, to be uh, fair. I think that's how he's reintroduced. And then he comes back again as that cage match take out Batista. Yeah, I think he fucks off to. Uh, doesn't he? he has a run with Kurt Angle. He has a match against Kurt Angle for the title in all that's six returns, Rumble, yeah. yeah. Um, and then he fucks off to ECW in for ages and then comes back with the Hall of Pain. In his greatest run. Mark Henry's best run. I enjoyed Sexual Chocolate so much, but this is the Hall of Fame. Oh, was his best so run. This is his best run. So we are at the uh, Colonial Stadium in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, we start off with the entrance of uh, young Stephanie. Um, absolutely, the, instantly I looked at it. What an unbelievable crowd! It just looks so big. I like how they've done the lighting. Yeah. It's not all lit up like it is at Mania's, where you can see every fucker. It's nice and dark. I, I got the feeling of like a Japanese style when it's at the Tokyo Dome. Because you know, that's not all lit up, is it? It's kind of focused on the 
Don't uh, stop the ring. On the ring, it may be two or three rows back. You don't need to see anybody else. Absolutely loved it. Uh, how hard is Steph looking? There is there is numerous Drive times Steph. there are numerous Steph. times um, where Steph, yeah, she she looks job past her post boob job. This is one of the better looks that she's had. I don't know what it is. Something about someone must be the water in Australia because Stephanie's looking fine tonight. Uh, Stephanie, she gets on the mic and gives the, the the general generic speech of how great it is to be here and how we're bringing you this, yada, yada, yada. Um, the crowd, though, is just fucking wild beyond belief. Uh, popping basically for every word that came out of Stephanie's mouth. There was The crowd are going to be into this all fucking night. Because um, they don't get as many shows as they should. No, they don't. Well, that, again, it's like what we said about with England. Um, granted, with the last pay-per-view we did in England with, with Rebellion, the crowd was a bit up and down, let's say, at some points. Um, but, like, I can't remember the last time WWE was in Australia. I can remember when Hulk Hogan took his team of merry fucking idiots to Australia. I can remember that. Hulkamania tour oh, Australia. We had Mr. Kennedy. Yeah, we had Alando Jordan. Kennedy. Yeah, we had the Nasty Boys. Uh, oh, it was God. just a terrible, merry... Oh, yeah, Val Venus were there. Gangrel was there, I think. It was just a the The, the um, actual production wasn't bad, but the actual roster and matches available were fucking shite. Absolutely shite. So our first match of the night is a Kiss My Ass match. So every time we're outside American soil and Rikishi has a match, has it got to be a Kiss My Ass match then? Is that how it's working? Seems to be. Yeah? Um, against Rico. Man, this screams house show straight away. The amount of gay jokes against Rico Taz mate, before the bell rings. Why don't you, being the expert color analyst that you are, explain to us the rules of a kiss your ass match? Well, I think the way it goes is whoever loses got to kiss the other guy's ass. I like that. And I think Rico will like this kind of match. I think Rico might want to lose. Before the bell rings, <coughs> someone, someone put him out. Uh, it, it, well, I, there was a couple of moments I found absolutely fucking hilarious to be fair again it was commentary the, the commentary I do enjoy these European tours uh, these European these international tours even with this uh, because the commentary you do kind of get that everyone's got a relaxed sort of there's no storylines it's no segments no, no serious stuff let's just let's have a ball and let's enjoy it I suppose um, the crowd they pop like nuts for Rikishi um, you didn't. You, you would have just into, thought they introduced Austin or someone like that. Yeah. Taz Champion, how did Tony Chemmel get through customs? I do always like how all the commentators they fucking hate. It seems like the ring announcers. There's all the like the, the videos on YouTube of the um, like the uh, production truck audio recordings and stuff like that of Michael Cole and like Taz ripping fucking Tony Chimmel before they go live on every episode of SmackDown. Absolutely fucking hilarious. We get um, a bit of a weird moment interaction through Tol uh, Cole and Taz. Uh, I don't know if you picked up. Taz accused Michael Cole of having a drinking problem. Well, uh, it's good cheer all week long. Well, maybe that's because you got a drinking problem, Cole. That could be the reason. Diet Coke? No, Diet Coke. Diet JD. They make that? Oh, you live on it. And Michael went, because of Diet Cokes, uh, and Taz said, Diet Coke, you need to try Diet JD. <laughs> I need I, to I, try I, Diet JD. Do much weight and lose five drink Diet JD instead of normal JD? The banter between these two, outstanding at the start. The moment I liked in this match was uh, a moonsault from Rico. He missed, but 
it was very reminiscent of uh, the kind of Kurt Angle does. Yeah, with the arc in the back and stuff. Yeah. yeah. The thing was with Rico though, he's quite, he's very he's new to it. Yeah, he is, but he's still very new and he doesn't seem to be given a proper chance, especially in, at this point in time in August of 2002. Um, obviously, you've got Billy and Chuck, but I can't remember seeing Rico have a match up to that point. He had like one or two matches, like one where he won the tag titles with Rikishi. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Rikishi gets the, the win with the Samoan drop for free. Uh, afterwards, some kids come out and dance with Rikishi. Uh, Do you reckon uh, them kids grew up to be TM61? <laughs> 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 I'm trying to think of another Australian tag team reference, but I can't. I was going to go Bushwhackers, but New Zealanders, aren't they? Uh, Same stuff. Sadly, all this dancing, it goes on for like 10 minutes, while the match went for like five uh, there was it was nothing. It was Rikishi controlled the majority of the match, really. Uh, as you'd expect. Rico got there were a couple of stiff kicks. He got uh, that that moonsault attempt. Obviously, Rico uh, Rikishi got the win. Um, the dancing doesn't stop. The dancing just it seems like it doesn't stop. It just yeah, goes they're on. the whitest kids ever. Yeah, yeah. What is it then? So we get kiss my ass matches when Rikishi's on tour, and he always has to do dance. And he always has to do a dance because didn't he start dancing with the commentators at Rebellion? Something like that. Yeah, it's what I, yeah. Well, but the crowd was hot for Rikishi. All fucking match. They were hot, hot, hot. He could have just done any move. An elbow, pop. Fucking just screamed at Rico, pop. He was fucking all over him. Um, and then we get Jamie Noble and Nidia. Sheer boy, sheer um, boy. They were learning, learning about Australia. Great, I just absolutely fucking adore it. Absolutely adore it. Um, I did think that... I swore I thought it was the guy from Wrestling with Regret. <laughs> put himself in. It was his DVD if he put himself in it. <laughs> I, what I kind of like about um, Nidia and Jamie Noble is how actually well they do look as an on-screen couple. Definitely no sharks. So I can guarantee that. They're, they're way at sea. Probably the biggest danger in the water is to each other. Absolutely. <laughs> You've got, to, you've got to watch out for each other. Other than that, we're going to have an absolute ball out there. So whenever you guys are ready, we can organise some wetsuits and we'll hit the water. Let's do it. All right, sounds yeah. good. Fantastic. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Yeah. They seem to act really, really well. Is and they kind of show a lot of love and affection that you'd expect from a real life couple. But yeah, learning about Jimmy O'Brien and Nidia learning about Australia. Fucking absolutely brilliant. And it is time for our... I remember days like this, our WWE Cruiserweight Champion, Jamie Noble. Oh, I love those that days. That when the Cruiserweight division was I good. I love those days. There are no woman beaters. Defending his title against the Hurricane. The Hurricane. Let's speak the Hurricane. How fucking mark out the judo when I fucking did when Hurricane turned up at the Rumble. As serious that is, Simpsons seems that. That was... So I watched it on the app walking home from work. Yeah. And I, I, I was like, almost dropped my phone in sheer marking out room. No, it was. I lost my shit. The only, the only thing I, I could say was that, um, he could have got himself a bit more in shape. I don't yeah, want to, I don't want to say he looked fat, but he looked a bit fat. Uh, yeah. Kind of like Undertaker last. Yeah, year. he could like Rey Mysterio. Oh my god, I was fucking amazed by how yeah, he was trim he looked. He tights again. Yeah, he looked better than his last run when he had to wear his baggy tights because he was putting a bit of fucking pledge on. It looked brilliant. Um, Jamie Noble comes out and absolutely fucking owns it while Hurricane comes out to a mega pop. The faces are over in Australia. Um, House show. 
There you go. But this crowd is like a promoter's dream. Uh, they're popping like nuts for anything. Um, it's like full of marks. It's 56,000 Australian marks. It's fucking brilliant. Um, Cole rips on Hurricane's outfit while Taz talks about the superhero uh, Ricky Ravioli. Any idea who Ricky Ravioli is? Is it made up? Is it Taz drunken made it's up? It's Taz drunk. I know you're more of a superhero guy than I am. Is it? Is it just Taz uh, drunken made up? The name does not ring any bells. doesn't ring a bell to me. Nidia, she interferes by making out with the Hurricane. Um, this was kind of part of a mini angle where Nidia had dumped Helms for Noble or something along them lines. Um, the match kind of starts off slow but starts uh, cooking in the last half of the match I'd say. Uh, it's probably back to back near falls. We get electric chair suplex on Helms. It gets a two count, a neck breaker from Helms, a two count, pump handle slam, two count. Um, the crowd is proper into every fucking move. It's another suplex from Helms gets a two. I have the hurricane by, by Helms gets a two. Uh, now Noble's back with a big move gets a two. It was like full of near fall after near fall after near fall. Um, How a cruiserweight match should be. Exactly, Exciting. fast paced. Um, there was an absolute brilliant top, no uh, top rope neck breaker by Helms on Noble, which is a real close two. Finish finally comes where Noble uh, wins with a backslide. Uh, with his foot on the ropes, as always. I'm always an advocate for Noble winning dirty. Uh, it went about 10 minutes, uh, but compared to the last match, which seemed a bit slow and a bit. Uh, this, this should have opened the card. Yeah. This was get a fucking cracking start. And then we get um, some footage of Kurt Angle making fun of Christian and Angle ripping on uh, Lance Stone for being boring, which is fucking brilliant. I think Kurt might be jealous of Giraffe's next as well. <laughs> Boomerangs were traditional hunting tools that the Aboriginals used, um, pretty much designed to throw at emus or kangaroos. Um, Is that animal cruelty? Well, when you're hunting to eat, I suppose. Oh, that's right. okay. Can yeah. you throw that in a straight line? If I do it incorrectly, I probably could, yeah. But, uh, I bet you Chris you could. <laughs> <laughs> that is a straight line. Oh, my God. I played baseball. Man, you Dude, suck. You threw a boomerang in a straight line. That's like a Puppy, come here. Well, I do have a sensitive side to me. Oh, he's mad. Is he bite? You know, there's a time to be mean and tough. And there's a time to show your soft side. <laughs> uh, and it is time for our next match. It is the tag team. Oh God, I love these days. It's the tag team champions of Landstorm and Christian, un-Americans, baby, against Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman. So we've got a tag team from Raw against a tag team from SmackDown. Uh, but more cruiserweights should be a fast pace. Eliminate Landstorm when I use the word cruiserweights, but. Christian, former light heavyweight champion, yeah. qualifies. Taz <laughs> does mention as well the fact of short Mysterio saying that he's like Test next to him. <laughs> yeah. So, mention of the third un American. <laughs> the third un American. I thought I'd say this, but you actually tower over somebody. Oh, I'm like Test next to this kid. Are you Ooh. kidding me? I got him by at least three inches. Um, Storm and Christian are in their anti American gimmick. Uh, though they're not actually doing it since we're in Australia. Um, I'd say that they're now on Raw, so they've just jumped to Raw. Uh, we get another story from Michael Cole, who says that Christian doesn't like Taz because Taz saw a tape of Christian and said he wouldn't make it in ECW. What the fuck? Did he just pluck it out of his hat on fucking Sky? Or did he just reveal some, like, legit beef that's going on backstage? But Christian wouldn't have ever made it. I think The Brood would have made it in ECW. Yeah. Definitely, with that character, with the whole gimmick. Well, no Christian problem. does actually make it in ECW. Doesn't fucking count. If you walk around with a big silver penny, that doesn't make you a champion of fucking anything. It wasn't even ECW. It was not ECW. Kidman gets a fucking ridiculous pop. Uh, even a big one, which Ray got, which was pretty hard to imagine. 
Um, we get another hot start as the four men start off running around the ring like they're on fucking drugs. Um, the match gets a bit boring for a minute or so when Lance Storm is kicking Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio for me should never have to kind of face that sort of peril. He should always be high flying. He should be always be doing. He should be showcasing Rey Mysterio at his fucking peak and his best moves at all times. He shouldn't be the one taking the beats. No. That should be Billy Kidman's job. Billy Kidman should be the one taking the beat down. Uh, finally, after about two minutes of uh, storm boredom, Ray makes a hot tag to Kidman. So it should have gone, could have gone fucking the other way, but Kidman goes berserk. Uh, Bulldog for a two count, sit out powerbomb for a two count. Uh, the cruiserweight continuing to bring it in form of an alley oop into the into the Hurricanrana. That was amazing. Fucking beautiful. Um, um, a shooting star press from Kidman and a beautiful Asai moonsault from Ray. Uh, so Storm gets the win in the end when he cheats to win. Uh, but just like the cruiserweight title match, um, it had a slow start. Uh, but it was built beautifully throughout again. Um, my only, like I said, if I would have changed one thing about this match, um, it would have been having Rey Mysterio uh, coming on the hot tag. But so far, three matches in, first one was a bit... Yeah. But not, yeah, not bad. Two decent matches in a row. Two decent matches in a row. The match went on for about, I'd say, eight minutes. Um, but I would have liked to see maybe another five, ten. I would have took 20 yeah. minutes out of these, no danger. No well, Storm does always have majority of time has good matches. We get a little bit with uh, Edge, Billy Kidman and Tory going to the zoo. And then they go shopping as well after. Yeah. Um, what would James Brown do in there though? Do you know what, do you know what got me? We had a little look into the personality of Billy Kidman. From fruits to t-shirts, it, it was a neat little experience to, to have a little market like that. I've never been to something like that before. Of course, Tory gets lost shopping somehow. Where is she? I think these are her bags here. <laughs> All the stuff she bought. Your credit card? Yeah, she bought that stuff. She didn't come back and pick it up. It's quite boring. Yeah, uh, you can kind of see why Tori. How the hell is a shaggy Tori Wilson? He must have a fucking photocock, mate. That's the only way that he's got fucking Tori Wilson. Um, but you know, the, you get sip up cream in the mouth. These, it's weird though because these these little bits. I've, I don't know if you kind of got the same vibe. It's not like normal like pay per view filler. No, it's. Exactly, episode of SmackDown. Well, no, rushes. no, but it's not. No, but even episode of SmackDown, the segments—they're not like segments. These filler segments—they actually are. I wouldn't say interesting, but that you've got like Jamie Noble and Nidia exploring, learning about Australia. It's basically their, their uh, probably their attempt at starting reality TV. Yeah, their attempt at trying to like show real life. Yeah, yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head perfectly there. Um, so we get to our next match. Holy fuck, yeah. Edge versus Jericho. Yes. Yes. WrestleMania 26 preview. Fucking hell, yeah. Um, Jericho, it takes an absolute fucking eternity to get to the ring, which is brilliant because he's in that king of the world fucking asshole gimmick. Absolutely love it. This is um, Chris Jericho that we still are living and breathing today in the uh, in our timeline in 2003. Jericho's, apart from when he comes back with this short hair when he was wearing the suits, this is my favourite Jericho yeah. Jericho ball at the current. I think I agree though the suit wearing. Suit wearing Jericho was a badass. Yeah. Long worded. Yeah, it was a clever fucking badass was that Jericho. Now these two fought um, on Raw actually a couple of weeks ago before this, which is very interesting. That's uh, that rematch. Rematch. Yeah, rematch. Um, I thought this was going to be their first meeting. How wrong I was. I had to do my research. I'm sure they've met in a singles match way before this. Uh, they, the, the one that I found was that Raw about three or four weeks ago before this. Where they, the they first had singles. 
Um, I don't know if it was the first one. I just wanted to see if this was this was the first one in Australia. So once I found one, I stopped looking. <laughs> uh, I quite but like it. But it's like we said earlier about camera joined the entrance shows how long the ramp is. Yeah, no, definitely. It, it, I was touching up on the Big ass arena. Big ass Perfect arena. for somewhere like media. Oh fucking hell yeah, hell yeah. Perfect. We all, we all, if they did it, they would never do it that way now because WWE likes to light up fucking everything. Yeah. Right? But they wouldn't be able to ever do it. Well, they wouldn't ever do it this way because they wouldn't allow themselves because they'd have to have a big fucking LED board running around the top of the thing, fucking lights everywhere. I like this dark, intimate setting, even though you're in such a big arena. I think it's absolutely it's, lovely. I think because we're fans of traditional. No, well, yeah, there is that. There is that. Um, Jericho is wearing red for Raw and Eddie's wearing blue for SmackDown. I quite like that. I quite like the commentators that. picked up on that as yeah. well. Yeah, like I said, I'm not sure if they did it on purpose, but Taz, he puts it over. Taz fucking picks that. I'm pissed, but I can see red and blue! <laughs> Matchup, but I think Chris Jericho's a bit perturbed that these 56,000 fans are just thrusting their adulation on uh, Edge before this matchup has even started. I think it's cool. Chris Jericho, I just see wearing the raw colors and Edge wearing the SmackDown colors. That's blue and red, respectively, Cole. I yeah, raw, not. red. Smackdown Blue. Hey, you can't get nothing past you, you're quick. He also does not know what a wanker is. No, I'm just about to get this. Absolutely. Despite Cole saying his imagination and Taz replies, oh yeah. The crowd is all over Y2J uh, to start with a tasteful, you are a wanker channel. <laughs> what are they saying? You are. What are they saying? You are a wanker. What the hell is a waker? Use your imagination. Oh, like a. What's a wake? Oh, like a. Oh, I get it. All right. Which <laughs> is fucking brilliant. And then as you say, it's going to like. Absolutely brilliant. I just, I always love that about Americans. They have no idea what wanker means. Uh, you, you wanker. You wanker. <laughs> it's like, you don't have a fucking clue. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You should start using it more. Wanker is one of my favorite insults. Because it's a compliment as well as an insult. It means you've got a good libido. <laughs> uh, Jericho, he gets on the mic, calls Australia a piss-hole country. And uh, calls everyone convicts. Yes, yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> As with the norm, we get our start with Edge and Y2J hitting each other crisply with speed. Um, like a British Bulldog delayed super from Jericho gets a fucking arrogant cover. I love Jericho's arrogant covers for the two. Um, Jericho, um, he's work, working his heel tactics perfectly and really pissing off the crowd. Um, like said, Jericho I, always been one of the best heels. Oh ever. yeah, this is why I, I love so much Jericho and Kevin Owens' interactions uh, over last year because Kevin Owens is he's the only one that plays with the crowd, that winds you up, that gets inside your head. Like you know, during a match, they'll turn to the crowd, they'll start doing stuff to take the piss and stuff, and yeah. they interact. They, they don't have that. It's like people we don't have that anymore. Uh, the ref get, gets bumped at some point, leading to an edge uh, to an edge spear, uh, which doesn't get a, a two count. Which doesn't get a two count. Which doesn't get a count. Uh, a second spear hits and get, he gets the two. Jericho is sick of playing by the rules and hits the Greco-Roman chair shot line salt, line salt combo. Uh, the line salt uh, gets a two count. An attempt at the walls. Jericho has a big crowd gasp, but Edge gets a small package for the victory, uh, which was. Again, a pretty decent, fast-paced matches. It doesn't feel like they're rushing through these matches, but they're fast-paced. Yeah. No, if Jericho steps over, that's the walls of Jericho's coming. Going for the walls of Jericho. Can he lock it in? Edge rolls Jericho up. We got it. Edge got him. Edge surprises Jericho. <laughs> Here is your winner, Edge. 
Michael or Raw. That was a phenomenal matchup. We came out on top. Thank God for Edge. But Edge from SmackDown picks up the victory. Jericho going for the walls and Edge. Well, Edge would spoil it for Chris Jericho. And this probably early contender for match at night, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. It was pay-per-view quality. Uh, there's a couple of flaws that kept it from being as good as Noble Hurricane. I think that just flowed a bit more. Like the near falls were a bit more, there was more fluidity in it. But that, this is up there. It's but again, you eliminate the Rikishi and Rico from the start, which was more focused on Steph dancing with Rikishi and Rikishi dancing with White Boys. You've got a fucking decent pay per view so far. A decent pay per view. We get fan frenzy. Yeah. A bit like fan access, I imagine. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark Henry was said that he was beating everybody on uh, WWE's video game at the time. Uh, his wrestler of choice, The Rock. <laughs> so don't play with yourself, Henry, now. You know, at one point I went 19 and 0. You know, then some little kid that must dedicate his life to playing video games came up and showed me how the game is really supposed to be played. Uh oh. Uh, Brock gives a quick comment about the day's events, uh, which sounds very awkward. Uh, by the end of the run, and Rock yeah, you got to remember he's just twenty-three. Yeah, he's very, very young. Uh, he's as green as everything. Even his fucking sound bites and his promos are green. Um, Michael, I hand over to you. As our next match is Bra and Panties. To quote Val Venus, legs for days. <laughs> this is. A botchy media match if there ever was one. Taz, this is the only match of the year where he's actually not as bad on commentary. Yeah. I enjoyed his when he said this will be an extremely technical match, and then he said it's a purest dream match. I was like, yeah, Michael Cole and Taz have give up now. Absolutely give up. Tory came out. This was literally just for the like. The young men. Yeah, well, it was just like... Let's any take, men pass They take every fucking clothes off. Um, Tori Wilson won in the end uh, when she's just got a bra on, uh, when she rips off Stacey's shorts. Um, it wasn't offensive, it was humorous, it was funny, it was sexy. I, yeah, but yeah, I would have preferred... Mike Sparks pissed me off a, lot, off a lot in this match. Getting in between them both. While they were around me. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky um, bastard. Tori, though, she did look smoking. As always, as always. But yeah, I don't know, it was just a bit of filler. It was a filler match, I think. Uh, I think they spoiled us. We had the shit with the start with Rico and Rikishi. They spoiled us um, with fucking three amazing matches, fast, pitch, quick. And then we get this. Now, is it spoiling you by saying, here's all these women in their bar and panties? But yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd Give me Molly Holly versus Lydia, Victoria, something. Something not at the bra, and I, I don't didn't, didn't believe I'd ever fucking say this, but this is like a year from where we are now, really in our timeline, we're nearly a year from when this pay-per-view happened, and we've seen a fucking lot of bra and panties, and yeah. fucking evening gowns, and fucking get me boobs out, and I don't know, I'm getting sick I of love it. A good pair of tits, want, but I do, but I want some women's wrestling. Yeah, I, I think because nowadays we're used to seeing women's wrestling, like we saw women's World Rumble. Yeah. So we get our last bit of filler, uh, we get a charity dinner, and we see The Rock lighting up the room as always. Um, and it, someone asks The Rock what his porno name is. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you what his porno name is, Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> Please 
Give it up, ladies and gentlemen, for The Rock joining us on stage. Here's a question from Peter on Table 30, and I think I know where you're coming from, Peter. Um, Rock, what was the name of your first pet and the name of the street of your first house? If somebody's looking for a porno name, is that <laughs> it? <laughs> He's right onto it. Um, what always I see as The Rock, though, at these corporate events and how he is, is uh, especially even back in 2002, um, you can kind of understand why he... When Rock says that he may run for political office, people agree with him. People are like, "Yeah, I'd be down for that," because he just—he's so good at presenting himself. Yeah, he can sell himself. He's got, he can he's sell got charisma. He has it abundance of, of charisma. Abundance of charisma. Quiz time. When was the last time? Before we get to the main event, when was the last time Triple H and The Rock wrestled each other? This match. No, before this. Before this, uh, I want to say. Between Venge King of Ring and the Vengeance. In what year? 2002. Yeah, no. Okay then. Well, it did, um, well, yeah, to an extent, because there was the. Because uh, what could it be in the King of Ring? Yeah. Main event. But I'm, think, I'm talking directly. One on one. Yeah. Uh, Back in 2000. 2000, not 2001. 2000. Two years. Yeah. Because if you think 2001. Rocket Austin, then Alliance. Yeah, uh, Triple H gets injured and he's yeah. out for a fucking long time. Don't come back till end of the year. Yeah, so he comes back uh, within to win 2002 Rumble. Where um, Rock's facing Jericho for the title. Exactly, so it's, it's all fucking. They, they don't, it's amazing how they separate from each other. And you think two, two of the people, biggest stars at the time. Yeah, it's absolutely madness. Um, I did love their 1998 feud. With DX and Nation, yeah. the SummerSlam ladder match was one of the most underrated ladder matches that's has ever been from two guys that aren't going to jump off ladders. You know what I mean? It's a way we can use a ladder without doing a splash off the top, without doing a suplex off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Using it as an actual physical weapon more than using it as an object to jump off. It was a fucking great feud. And then they had the feud, um, was it where Triple H broke his arm? No, The Rock broke his arm. And they had the match over the edge of '99, the pay that no one speaks of. They were out yeah. They had the match. That was a quite. That was a last man standing match, or maybe a bull rope match of something. It had some fucking it stipulation. A, it was a hardcore it was, match. Yeah, it was, which was a great match. So it is time then for our main event. It is the WWE Undisputed Title: Brock Lesnar versus Triple H versus your champion, The Rock. According to Tony Chimmel, in a no disqualification triple threat. No disqualification? Aren't they all? Yeah, that's what I Unless was Unless it's an elimination triple threat. Yes. Aren't they all, no DQ? Yes. Well, I suppose some, they just have to put the point across, just in case someone pulls a chair out and there's an Aussie fan and goes, Oi, mate! <laughs> Hit him with a chair, like, go I can't do an Aussie accent. <laughs> I don't know what it is that SummerSlam is two weeks later and I didn't see as much green from Brock as I did in this. But is get that, it all out of your system now. Yeah, but is that, because, is that because you're comparing him against two Triple H and The Rock? Yeah, I It's suppose. not just a one-on-one. -on -one. You've now got two of them. So when The Rock and Triple There's H... There's two to carry. Yeah, when The Rock and, Rock and Triple H are doing their thing with each other, and then you see Brock Lesnar doing his thing with Triple H, and then his thing with The Rock, and then you go back to Rock and Triple H, you see a comparison there, where when you've got The Rock versus Brock, there's no other entity in the match to... Distract. Distract you away, or take your attention away of how... Well, Rock and Triple H do theirs. Brock's on his own. <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, the crowd, again, is absolutely fucking piped for this. Uh, the Rock's pop 
absolutely like there's been some mega ass pops tonight but the rocks pop is the biggest one of them all the aussies fucking love the people's champion the global warning tour set for the triple threat match for the title but brace yourselves the undisputed champ is on his way The match is mostly for, for me, um, Rock wrestling Triple H in the beginning. Um, you kind of get Brock getting in the monstrous clothesline here and there, but then it goes back to against Rock and Triple H. Yeah. This is like Brock at the very early stages of the match. It was like Brock just felt like a just a spare wheel who was kind of there just to put a big guy in and make the numbers up. Um, Brock, he doesn't break up a Triple H pin attempt, and Taz is absolutely fucking all over Brock for it, and so right as he should be. So that's that. I think that's the greenness coming in a little bit, where maybe his ring awareness. There was something there where the the, the Rock had to kick out. Brock should have. Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? Brock should have been there kicking it straight away. Face Buster by the game and a clothesline by Lesnar. Cover by Triple H. And why is Brock Lesnar just standing there? Inexperience. There's the inexperience. Exactly. That's the inexperience. He doesn't realize that yet because he's in the middle of this, this battle in front of all these people. You got to figure Brock's a little, you know, a little nervous. Brock Lesnar not realizing that if Triple H had picked up the pinfall, the game was the champ. Brock Lesnar would be out in the cold. There you go. You remember it is like 23 24. No, no, and I, I, I agree. Is in this position. No, I agree. But oh, you doing it twenty three, twenty four? Oh, she's probably getting smashed. Yeah, <laughs> getting smashed. Seven gas and electric door to door and getting smashed. <laughs> well, Michael Cole kind of does agree with you though, Mike, and he covers it up quite nicely uh, by choking it up to a lack of experience. That's and it's probably what it what it all goes down to. Um, I think he fucked up. Personally, yeah, he did fuck up. I think he fucked up. Uh, Triple H gets a couple of twos on Brock and The Rock, but the heat of the actual match is hurt by the crowd knowing The Rock's going to win. Um, there was no way the title changes hands two weeks before SummerSlam for the huge you know for that match. Paul's there just to take the fall. Yeah. Um, Brock is completely hit or miss tonight. Um, at one point, he's hitting an absolute fucking adorable belly to belly suplex. The next, he's putting the world to sleep with a fucking bear's, bear hug. People need to give over with bear hugs. I fucking hate bear hugs. It makes me fall asleep. Makes everyone it's fall most, asleep. It is the most boring submission. Now, well, speaking of submissions, did you notice that whenever Rock puts on your favourite sharpshooter, the shit shooter, <laughs> he always terrible. puts on a face like Cena does when he's yeah. in the yesterday. I'm in pain. Putting pain yeah. in you. I'm I'm in pain. I'm in pain more. I'm more in pain than you are. Yeah, it's, a, it's terrible, terrible. Actually, um, fans won't pay. Now, at some, some point during this, fucking Triple H has bladed. <laughs> what have you done that for? You, you just spoil it now. His channel is in the niche. His channel is in the niche. Um, it's Flair, he's, yeah, he does it wherever he goes, just like Ric Flair. Ric Flair wakes up, as I've said before, wakes up, sneezes, <laughs> blades. Um, Triple H... Well, he's got to be ill, because he's, he's putting Brock over. He's putting Brock over, of course, of course. He's not burying him. Yeah. Uh, Triple H is uh, he's moving around pretty good tonight to be fair um, 
at some point in, I'd say towards the back end of 2002, um, he stopped caring Triple H. And I say this, and I mentioned it a couple of episodes ago. And you see, you see, it's quite interesting going back and watching Triple H in this match, and watching Triple H against Kevin Nash. I know you've got different. You've got different uh, calibre of fucking athlete that you call. I don't even. The fact I've just called Kevin Nash an athlete makes me feel sick. But you have. You've got different fucking calibre of wrestler that you're competing against. Yeah. But I don't know. Just this Triple H, I like. I don't like this Triple H at the minute. It doesn't seem to give a fuck. This Triple H. This Triple H is the Triple H we have nowadays. Yeah. I fucking love watching Triple H wrestle these days. Because he, he fucking, he, he, like, as much as I've said it over and over again, I love watching John Cena wrestle these days. It's like he cares. Yeah. It's like he gives a fuck a bit more. Ten years ago, he didn't seem to care as much. He seems to care. Probably because he knows his days are coming to an end. So let's get as many good moments in as we can. But yeah, I, I, I fucking, when Triple H come out in the Rumble, when he won the title a few years back, yeah. he was 30. Man, I popped bigger than any fucking kid in that arena. <laughs> Loved it. Absolutely loved it. But yeah, so Triple H is fucking started to fucking blame because why the hell fucking not? Um, Triple H, Pedigree's The Rock for two. Brock F5's The Rock for two, which was broken up by Triple H. Uh, pedigree from Triple H onto Brock. Got some height on that. Brock kicks out of the pedigree. Yeah, buddy. We are pushing this kid to the moon. Um, see, for me, people don't kick out of pedigrees. Pedigree's the ultimate Triple H don't kick out of no, Pedigree. No, this is the ultimate five from Seth Rollins, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's one of them ultimate finishes. Like, it's like you have to be a special type of person to kick out of the people's elbow. You have to be a special type of person to kick out yeah, of the The finishing stomach. move is a finish. The finishing move is a finishing Which is what move. pisses us off nowadays when it's, you see people because it takes like five finishing moves. Oh, 100, 100 fucking percent. And with title moves as well, they announced The Rock as a seven-time champion. This is back when... Having more than three title reigns mattered. Yeah, it was. Now like, you got Cena tied. They, to they used to big up Hulk Hogan as being like a four-time champion, and then big up Bret Hart as a three-time champion. He's always trying to beat that fourth one, and it's like you know, fourteen times. They just say it as like it's just passing comment. Thirteen times, twelve-time champion Randy Orton, John Cena, Triple H. It's not a proud achievement because that means you've lost the title that many times. That many fucking times. Like, Ric Flair, fair enough, it's been in fucking multiple promotions. He's been wrestling since the 1800s. Exactly. <laughs> multiple promotions. This is Triple H and The Rock. Well, The Rock, what's The Rock? A five, six-time champion now? Seven-time champion? Yeah. Which which isn't many, if you compare it to Triple H's fucking 13, 14, or whatever. What's John Cena's now on fucking... 15, 16. 16. Oh, time with Flair now. Randy Orton's... 11, 12, 13, something like that. Yeah. But what's that pr to be proud of? It sounds good. It's a big number. It sounds good. We can actually look at what it represents. Like CM Punk. He was a three-time world exactly. champion. He held the title. He held that for 434 days. Over a year. That's how it should be done. Um, so the ending finally comes where The Rock, he, as you said earlier, Mike, Triple H is there to take the fall. And he does so by taking The Rock bottom. Rock gets the victory. Brock looks strong because he made Triple H bleed. And Rock, he kicked out, and he kicked out with pedigree. Rock looks strong because he's still a champion against Brock and Triple H. Perfect booking. Perfect booking. I, and think, I, I think. I get the crowd. This match at night. For the booking. For the booking, yeah. Um, I think Triple H. For, to be fair. This is the only match that had storyline. The really. only thing that kind of got me a little bit was how kind of Triple H did make himself look bad, but in a good way. He was the guy that was getting beat up all the time, but. 
it's Triple H, and you, you always know that it's, it, you're never going to be able to keep, beat him, keep him down long. And so I think, yeah. Um, Brock Lesnar and the game Triple H. Lesnar to his feet. Triple H kicked to the midsection. Pedigree! Pedigree! Pedigree to Lesnar! Triple H can win the title if he can pin Lesnar! That's There's it. two! He got it! No, Lesnar kicked out of the pedigree! Lesnar kicked out of the pedigree! And the people's elbow! God bless Brock Lesnar and the game! Triple H can't believe it! Triple H cannot believe it! Triple H, a bloody mess. The Rock to his feet. Look out! Rock bottom! Rock bottom! From out of nowhere! To the game! The Rock wins! The Rock retains the title! Here is your winner and still WWE Undisputed Champion, The Rock! As a match overall, I wouldn't probably say it was the best match, and I'm still sticking with yeah, boy. And the wrestling wise, Edge and Jericho for me. Wrestling wise, Edge and Jericho. Yeah. Booking wise, I have to say this one. But in general, as it goes for a house show slash DVD release slash pay per view, you take away the Divas and, and you take away Rico and Rikishi. Great what show. What a fucking great show that was. I keep keep Stephanie at the start to do up the crowd and yeah. even have Rikishi come out for a little jig if she wants, but don't have a match because it was a pointless match. Um, or if you're going to have him kiss Rikishi's ashes, just have him kiss Rikishi's ashes. Rikishi yeah. comes, comes out, complains about something, and, and have a segment. Rikishi comes out, that kick he does. Yeah, you didn't need to have um, you didn't need to have a full. Uh, well, I see it wasn't even five minutes, was it? To be fair, yeah. well, to be fair, we are fucking plucking at feathers here because we are we are these are tiny little tidbits. The women's fucking battle royal brown and panties bollocks was not five minutes. So ten minutes out of a it was about two two hour show. Yeah, I made about two hour two and a half hours with all the extra bits and stuff. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm all down for it. Go back to Australia, let's do another one. Um, so Michael, do one every year. Do one every year, yeah. Um, right, so Michael, as always, it's kind of a pay per view, so we'll, we'll stick to what we normally do. Best match of night, worst match of night, and if Global Warning was a ruthless aggression era superstar, who would he be? Well, I've told you about two matches at night. Yeah. Worst match at night, we've said them both. Kiss my ass. Yeah. Ryan practice. Okay. That being said, if this pay per view was a wrestler, I'd say Edge. Want to see more? Yes, yeah. Uh, for me, match of night, Noble and Hurricane. It's fucking the near falls towards the end were absolutely fucking glorious. Uh, worst match of the night. It's a very fucking close tie between the two worst matches of the night. <laughs> I'd probably go with Rikishi and Rico purely because that didn't have boobs. Yeah, yeah. it's always win. It had ass. We did have boobs. <laughs> plenty of ass. Yeah, plenty of two. We had everyone's ass. Man, yours every fuckers. But um, if Global Warning was a superstar, um, I'd say Brock Lesnar. I'd say Brock Lesnar in this match. Because there were times where he looked brilliant, yeah. and there were times where he's like, that needs a bit of work. And that's just how this pay per view was. Um, but yeah, overall, quite enjoyed it. Quite enjoyed it. It was a good show. It was a good show. So, guys, as always, thank you for watching along with us. And you can check out, if you look below or above, 
very similar video reviews that we've done and also all our episodes and bonus material, you are in the right place. But Michael, tell people if they want to follow us, if they don't already on all forms of social media, what do they have to simply type into their phone? On both Facebook and Twitter and SoundCloud, just search RA Era Podcast. That simple, that simple. But this has been Global Warning 2002. I've been Dave, this has been Mike. All hail. All fucking hail. Until next time. Peace Peace out, out, people. people.